Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby podcast. While Scotland have not played in a few weeks, there has been plenty of rugby news going on and plenty of scandal to talk about as well. So it's Dave, Matt and Alan back with you to take you through all that interesting goings on in the world of Scottish rugby. Matt, how are you doing tonight, pal? Yeah, good, mate. Um, yeah, I'm just still, I think I'm still trying to get my head around what's going on with the with the French game. And I don't think we we quite have 100% clarity, but it it looks as if there's at least a a date being proposed so we can we can start to look forward to a bit more actual rugby. Yes, there is a there is a glimmer of hope emerging from the sort of mirage of waffles coming out of the French camp. Alan, how are you getting on? Uh, yeah, all right. I'm obviously going a little bit stir crazy because obviously I dropped like quite a lot of money on a 99 to 2000 Glasgow Caledonia short sleeve strip last night on the sort of old classic rugby shirt website, which feels like a bit Ooh. of a, a bit of a rogue purchase, but no, quite. Is that the um, the red and blue one that they're sort of they've made a, a modern version of for the training top this year? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like red, blue, and white, and it's got sponsored by Cali 80. It's an absolute classic strip, and uh, so nice. And obviously, in it, in it XL with short sleeves, sort of the perfect sort of slightly obese thirty-year-old man, sort of like watching rugby top. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a kind of heavy cotton as well? Yeah, heavy cotton. So very nice. Really excited to see used. Not sure. Not sure <laughs> what, what sort of condition it's in, or, or whether it was sort of previously a large and been stretched a little bit. No, it's not really clear from the website what sort of uh, what's going to arrive. But no, just last night I was like, you know what? I've had a. It's been Freya's four months, and whilst it's been absolutely lovely, it's, you know, it's been tough. And you know, I deserve something nice. So <laughs> I used the joint account to buy (laughs) (laughs) Glasgow Caledonia top the Freya dividend paying off well very good I look forward to receiving it I've always looked at that website the sort of vintage Scotland tops and never I've always failed to transact because I've just never been sure of what would actually arrive yeah I really hope you've not been ripped off no I'm the same I always sort of look at a few things and I'm like that would be nice but then you realize it's completely a completely ridiculous purchase but Last night, don't know what, don't know, don't know where what my mental state was. I was like, I'm, I'm getting this now. <laughs> so yeah, well, we'll look, we'll I'm, a, I'm we'll all for up. you know doing what doing what you need to do to get through lockdown. Um, while there has been no rugby to speak of, or no international rugby for Scotland, uh, I should say there have been some pro team losses, which we will come to later. That has not stopped everybody chatting to us and keeping in touch. So thanks very much for all of that. 
Um, our Twitter has been absolutely on fire this Six Nations period. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod. Um, you can keep up with us on Instagram. That's um, Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod. Um, and the mailbag as well, the Thistle Rugby at gmail.com. Please do send us your thoughts and feelings in there. You've also been giving us reviews on iTunes. Really, really great. There's sort of good, bad, and ugly coming through, but it really helps us spread the word of the pod. More people find us. Um, so if you can get on there onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review um, like this one from SRU Shill, which said, love listening to the Thistle guys. Are the quizzes a bit rubbish? Yes. Does Dave know anything about rugby apart from that Dan Parks is the greatest? No, but that's the whole point. It's a reliable and well-run fan pod that you don't have to be rugby obsessive to enjoy. I really think that SRU Shill has picked up on a lot of our key points there. Sort of a compliment, but also like quite a lot of criticism, like subtle criticism there at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and not so subtle criticism, I would, <laughs> I would suggest. But um, look, if if it's not about Dan Parks, is it worth knowing? Is the question that I would like to pose. Um, you know, it's it's work smarter, not harder. I've we've already peaked with Dan, so why do we need to learn anything more? Um, there was another one. Speaking of. Um, unsubtle criticism from Jimmy Boy 1964 <laughs> who gave us a one-star <laughs> review and said Alan's accent is everything I dislike about Edinburgh. Alan, would you like to rebut Jimmy Boy? I mean, it's a real a real blow. I, I, to be honest, I never really sort of saw myself as having sort of the quintessential, which I assume he's going for a sort of private school Edinburgh accent. But, you know... Maybe there's something sort of specific about, you know, the the tone and pitch of um, my voice that's just really grinded grinded this lad down. There's been quite a lot of chat recently around sort of social media and, you know, verification of identity, etc. But, you know, Jimmy Boy is a name that you know, that's a serious person. Jimmy Boy, 1964. I, I like to think that maybe he, maybe he was on like a night out in the Bailey. And he just like overheard you when you were like really pissed one night, Alan. <laughs> and it's just like stuck with him. And it's just this, he had a really bad experience in the Bailey or down in Stockbridge or something. And he just associates you with it. Fair play. Apol- apologies, know. Jimmy. I, uh, Jimmy I- was just trying to have a good night out with the, with his lads. But anyway, moving on from there. So if you can get into, into iTunes and give us a bit of a review, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. And if you are, if you do find yourself enjoying the pod or the Twitter account or anything that we're doing, um, you can now sort of you can show us um, your, your feelings by sort of buying us a coffee. Um, that's on buymeacoffee.com forward slash thistle. Um, and you chuck us a couple of quid, buy us a virtual pint of tenants or a, a flat white for the more Stockbridge connoisseur. Um, and it will be greatly received. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash thistle. Um, so I actually have just one final bit of parish newsletter business, and that is once again to shout out our friends at Rob Mack, um, who are our sponsors throughout the Six Nations. They're an independent financial advisor specializing in mortgage management, financial planning, and investments. They are huge followers of Scottish rugby, so they are absolutely gasping for the Ireland game in 10 days' time. Um, so if you do need any of those services, you can check them out at Rob Mack. .co.uk thanks to them so parish notice board has been cleared we've done all of our um, engagements on there we can get down to the meat and drink of the business which is the shit show that has surrounded the postponed france game as we are recording this is thursday evening 4th of march there are rumors that are looking fairly solid that the game is going to be played on Friday the 26th of March. We understand that the English Premiership teams have said that they will release the players. So if you think about your Stuart Hoggs and your Johnny Grays, for example, back to the Scotland camp to be able to play that. But it's still not being confirmed. Alan, it's all just a bit of a mess. What the hell are the sort of Six Nations organisers up to? Well, as you're saying, it's it's more a rumor. There's nothing, you know, we're sort of avid followers of the Six Nations Twitter account. And whilst, you know, they have been tweeting out about how it's Friday tomorrow, they haven't specifically tweeted out any actual details of the uh, 
of the Scotland match, but it feels like the people that are tweeting about it probably wouldn't be putting out that information if it wasn't pretty reliable. So I think it feels like whilst obviously the SRU aren't happy about it, we discussed we discussed this between us sort of a couple of days ago that there's a with the amount of broadcast money that, that is at stake, whilst it's easy to be like, oh, it'd be fair if France if Scotland got a twenty eight nil win and I think there's a lot of a lot there's a fair argument for that. Actually when it comes down to cold hard money and the fact that the unions are struggling so much financially, they can't sacrifice whatever it is, million couple of million pounds and not play this game. So if we start from the position, the game had to be played and it couldn't be played this weekend because of isolation and COVID rules. This feels like the next best scenario. Yeah, and it certainly does feel that there's an awful lot of sentiment around the, I guess, like Scotland deserving a walkover. Certainly because there's huge numbers of rumours swirling around, you know, not just Fabien Galtier, but other members of the French squad sort of actually flagrantly breaching the bubble. Matt, would you would you have taken the 28-0 and, uh, and run? I, I think when all this news was first coming out, that was my initial reaction, just because it felt as if France were the ones that had made the mistakes and, you know, Ultimately, this is a, 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 a pandemic that breaks all the rules. Um, forgive, forgive the pun. Um, so it's it's difficult to like. I didn't want to blame people, but it seems as if France have made mistakes and have broken these pre-agreed, or at least what we thought were pre-agreed bio bubbles. And for them to just be able to rearrange the match, and for a period, it looked as if they were going to be be able to rearrange with their better players and Scotland maybe missing some players. You I was I was looking towards that 28-0, but then you know you sort of as Alan was saying, take a bit of a step back, think about the money. And I also think d- despite Corona, I think it's actually been a, a pretty good Six Nations so far. Um you know specifically for a, a neutral for instance. So I think that Scotland versus France with the way that Scotland have shown that they can play France um, still gunning for the title. Getting the game played in some form, I think, is probably the 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 best outcome overall, actually, for for as many parties as possible. And the French rugby union have picked their blood sacrifice. Some young <laughs> some young sevens players t- t- taking the knife. Yeah, it's just yeah, you can you can make it up. I did. I absolutely loved Laporte's reaction where. I mean, fair enough, it's an internal investigation. I think the SOU are very good at sort of, you know, brushing it under the carpet. But you could probably say it in better terms than Bird Laporte saying, well, look, I'm not a doctor, so what do I know? It's like, yes, but there are doctors out there who have said, this is a bio-bubble, this is why you, this is why you shouldn't break it. Like, it's such a terrible excuse. I just think, you know, we're, what, 15 months into sort of coronavirus being at least part of our lives, 12 months into it being a very significant part of our lives. I just don't think, you know, shrugging the shoulders and being like, I'm not a doctor really washes in March 21 as much as it may exactly. have washed in March 2020. I mean, what I loved about it is just it, it was quintessentially French. You know, the, the, you're breaking the bio bubbles to go and get waffles in um, Rome. The sort of the rumors swirling that Galtier was visiting his um, visiting his girlfriend in Paris and things like that. The whole thing just had a very sort of French feeling, and then that internal investigation, which was sort of farcical in its conclusions. Um, yeah, it just it was yeah, it was nice. It's, it's sometimes nice when stereotypes are reinforced, <laughs> and I think the French do it better. And the French do it better than uh, do it better than anyone. And we got a match, and we've got a match. And I think that's what the fans wanted. So that's going to be 26th of March, which is six days after what would have been Super Saturday, the final day of the Six Nations. So, Alan, do you want to take us through what the sort of the permeations might be for Scotland on that last weekend? It's, it's permutations, not permeations, mate. If you, if you want to you cut do that, this if, quite a lot. If you, you want to, if you want to cut that out, good. No, do you correct. Do you, he- do you, cor- I, 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 do you correct I, I, Heather's grammar like this? <laughs> 
I, I don't know, mate. You work in communications. Like, this sort of thing should be your bread and butter. <laughs> Do you know what? Autocorrect is my best friend. <laughs> I, well, could you introduce Alan then? What are the various, per, what did you say? Permeations? Permutations. Permutations. Permutations, Alan. Permutations. Please, yep. give me those permutations. <laughs> I actually have a little look, and it's actually a little bit more difficult than I had originally anticipated. I think if Wales get a bonus point versus Italy, um, this weekend, then it starts to make it very difficult for Scotland because they need then at a minimum all to win all three games and they need at a minimum to get two bonus point wins. And even with that, it still could come down to points difference. So the door isn't shut, but there is an annoyingly vast amount of Welsh players stood behind the door closing it very very quickly and uh yeah i think if wales get anything out of the french game that's basically uh that's basically over for uh for scotland but you know get a get a bonus point win versus ireland and a bonus point win versus italy we could be going in looking for something and the french could be going in with not much to play for so you uh you never know well that would be quite, that would be quite good you think you'd expect well, you'd certainly hope this Scotland team would be able to run up a bonus point win against Italy, this Italian side that have been consistently below par in all of their fixtures so far. Um, but yeah, I suppose it is, it's going to be a very interesting one. Ireland, it puts an awful lot of um, emphasis on Ireland, more than there would have been anyway, um, coming up in 10 days' time. And we will, of course, be back to um, preview that game fully um, next week, when we finally get a chance to who, watch some bloody rugby, what's what Scottish play? What Scottish players have played in played in Ireland? We can get on the pod. I was trying to think. Rob Dewey, who's um, Simon Danielli? Danielli, Simon Danielli. Has anyone else played Dan in Ireland? Parks? Dan Parks. Very Let's good. get Parks, eh? get him in. The last I saw of Dan Parks wasn't he was definitely part of like the Fiji rugby squad at some point, but then. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure in terms of coaching. Are you sure? But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he had like an assistant gig with um, one. I'm, maybe... a, I'm actually, um, I'm connected with him on LinkedIn because I was trying to slide into his DMs once to get an interview at some point. He's He lives in Sydney. He's a, he's a business development manager, d- development manager at a logistics company. And assistant Fiji coach. Speaking of um, reinforcing biases, I think the fact that we approach people for um, interviews via LinkedIn probably reinforces a lot of biases people think about us. Hey, look, it's got us good interviews in the past. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Let's uh, okay. should we should we send a follow follow up LinkedIn message to Dan Parks and try and get him on for next week? I can do that. We are connections. Can't believe you're in Dan <laughs> Parks' professional network. Yep, that is. <laughs> have you endorsed him for anything Nicky Walker as well we're, we're connected as of last week I was trying to get him on for the Wales bit but he was uh, too slow to accept my my request Nicky man I know well look if you are a if you are a former Scotland player that has played in Ireland and is you know looking to expand your professional network Matt Hanny on um, LinkedIn <laughs> find him and get on there um <laughs> But there have been, there have been some updates to try and wrestle this back to Scottish rugby and the uh, Ireland game next weekend. There have been some updates to the Scotland squad for the next round of the games. There may before the France game. The one that is most worthy of discussion is Bath back row Josh Bayliss, um, who's actually captaining the the Bath side at the moment. Um, Matt, what do you think he can add to to sort of Townsend's squad? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen him really play much until this season where he's sort of broken into that Bath first team. And I think he's played a lot of rugby at six, but in recent weeks, he's also been playing in the second row as well. Uh, it, it was interesting, Zach, Zach Mercer was interviewed this week, which just kind of emphasised, like, he's he's had two England caps and he could qualify to play for Scotland. And he definitely would have got, you know, at least 50. Um, but he he was talking about how impressed he's been with Josh Bayless this season, and particularly his ability to move into the second row, which isn't his favorite position, and and front up really well. So 
once again, it's just it's a really nice option to have. And I think in a in a world where the Scotland squad or Townsend still feels like he needs to bring in someone like Rob Harley with you know the best will in the world. Rob Harley's not a guy that you you really want to be playing for Scotland at the moment. Whereas Josh Bayless maybe is a potential international and, and someone who gives you the same options that that he does. Do you know what else? He the SIU released some photos of him training. He's an absolute hunk. He's um, I reckon he's going to be up there with the, your Tom Evans's, Sam Hidalgo clients for sort of best looking Scotland players quite <laughs> soon. So. Um, Alan, are you excited to see that? That's a bit of a dreamboat added to the Scotland squad. Always excited to see a dreamboat playing for Scotland. Um, you sort of say Josh Bayliss, and if I'm honest, I was a bit like, I don't really. I've heard the name, but I, I'm not. I definitely, well, I definitely, I can now pick him up a line out, but I couldn't back then. Um, and, but I do think when you look at the back row, and obviously it's great having Watson and Ritchie, but I actually think if you look in the pack, Compared to the front row and the second row now, actually the depth at back row is probably weakest. So I think having a player like Josh Bayliss, who now obviously captaining Bath at the weekend, playing with at a pretty pretty good level week in week out, is only a good thing. So no, great to see. Yeah, so we will be very interested to see if he makes anywhere near the sort of the match day twenty three when we come to that Ireland game. And as I say, we'll we'll be back next week with a new LinkedIn friend to uh, interview, hopefully, to preview that Ireland game for us. But it has been a veritable bonanza of signings coming out of Glasgow in particular over the last couple of weeks. Some really interesting ones to talk about. Um, I think the the, the standout one for for me um, is... Uh, lad coming from the Japanese league. So, you know, fair play to the SRU's Japanese scouts. Sione Tupolotu. I can't actually remember the name of the Japanese club he plays for, but he's Australian. He's got a Glaswegian granny um, and he's heading to Scotston. Matt, what have you made of him? Yeah, so I, th- I think he's come from the Yamaha Jubilo, uh, what, whatever that translates as. Um, I mean, Glasgow put up a little highlights reel of him playing I think it was just in the Japanese league and it he looks really good in it like he looks like a powerful runner he's a kind of stocky powerful unit and I was thinking okay this is quite interesting he's only 25 years old Scots qualified as you say but then you think back to like when you see um Ryan Snayman playing in the Japanese top league and like he's running around with the ball and like his yeah. fingertips and like making everyone look like a bit of a joke. So uh, there are obviously some like gr- world class players in that league, but I don't know about the overall standard. Um, I mean, you you look back at his pedigree, and apart from Japan, he he's played like Australian uh, Australian schoolboys. He only played like thirty games for the Rebels across three or four seasons, and. You know, the, it was a time when the rebels were were new to the Super Rugby competition, but they were also consistently like bottom three. So I think the the jury's out a little bit, but as I say, I think he looks like he's got quite a lot of raw talent and is, you know, he's he's young enough to to improve. And you, you probably would have said the same about someone like Sam Johnson when he signed, like an unknown from Australia, and we know how well he's he's done for for Glasgow and Scotland. The mystery man out in Japan is uh, Jun Kagawa, who uh, yeah found an old Scotsman article, and it was saying there is even a Scottish qualified scout out in Japan, although it's not obvious just how many Scots there are for Jun Kagawa to identify over there. Well, there's one, <laughs> and he's bloody well found him, hasn't he? Fair play to Jun. Great three and a half year gig he's had, though. Like. <laughs> Diggy's spoken to literally every single player who's ever played the top league. It's like Scottish granny, Scottish granny. Anyone got a Scottish granny? And then to be fair, he probably wasn't expecting this was the guy that was going to say yes to that question. <laughs> Do you think when he was sort of scouring the the team names, he just for a second he saw Greg Laidlaw and he's like, oh, that guy sounds so Scottish. Like, finally, <laughs> fi- finally, <laughs> I've got one. Ah, oh, oh, no, it's Greg Laidlaw. Oh. 
Does it give much interest? I presume the Scotsman article doesn't go into huge amounts of detail about Jun Kagawa's background as to why they've ended up being Scotland scout. I've got it. He's been part there. I mean, it all makes sense now. He's been part of Scottish rugby's Nagasaki Union Partnership for the last three years. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> that has been mentioned once and never been talked about before, before the World Cup. 2017. Nagasaki's got a um, tartan. Do you not remember? Oh, yeah. Tartan in Japan as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, fair play. You know, Sione, Sione could be playing for Scotland this summer. You know, like, who knows what who will go on a summer tour, Lions year. He might just get chucked <laughs> in at the deep end. But, so the scouts... Ro- the, Romania away. The scouts been there since 2017. I, I'm going to assume, I hope, that he has a second job. It can't can't be full time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I just think that even if it's like part time to have been there for four years and got one player doesn't I don't know doesn't seem You're that on great. LinkedIn. I, I literally I'm looking right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's get him. Let's get him. Who well, else have we got? Beyond <laughs> beyond Mister Two Pilotti, um, there was a uh, a hat trick of young. And exciting uh, Scottish signings. Um, Rufus McLean and Ollie Smith both extended their time or signed their first professional deals with Glasgow and New Zealand under 20s. Scots qualified um, back Cole Forbes was also confirmed on a contract with Glasgow. Uh, focusing on Cole in particular, Alan, what do you make of that of that signing of Cole Forbes from the from New Zealand? Well, I mean, <laughs> had an absolute shocker of a start. I think he got yellow carded before he touched the ball. <laughs> he literally took that ladder in the air, yeah, and got yellow carded fifty minutes into the match without Over-excited. touching the ball. So, um, so yeah. But to be fair, to give him his dues, I actually thought when he had the ball in hands, he he looked like a like a good player. He, he was a lot of attacking threat. I think. That back three for Glasgow at the weekend, obviously it was about had an average age of about twenty. But all three of them clearly are pretty handy in attack and all don't seem to have much fear. But yeah, both um both him and Ollie Smith had sort of moments where um potentially wasn't the best 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 moment of their debut, you might say. It it did feel a bit going from Cole Forbes who no one had ever heard of before to us kind of figuring out that he was on a trial to three-year contract to start within like from absolutely nowhere so i i clearly they'd seen enough in training to think he could handle a start against leinster but it, it does feel pretty pretty green going into that kind of level yeah yeah absolutely and, um but it, it, i think it was looking at that leinster game in particular which we'll come back on to talk about in a little bit of detail you know, it really was a bit of a a sign of things to come in Glasgow. That was an extremely young backline in particular, um, and as you say, some interesting and exciting touches from from those lads. Rufus McLean getting his first um, professional try in the process, which was good to see. And uh, that trio have been joined by a couple more today um, from Edinburgh: Rory Darge. And Ali Miller, both back rows, have made the move or will be making the move to Glasgow this summer. Um, Matt, this is quite an interesting one in the context, of, I suppose, of SRU resource management. Yeah, well, I think there's been some speculation for a while that one or two of those Edinburgh back row players were going to move across to Glasgow. And w- when you look at how many guys are... Are, are playing at, uh, at Edinburgh at the moment, or sorry, or rather are not playing because there's just. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You've got the first choice Scottish back row. You've got Bill Matter. And even behind that, you know, you've got Luke Crosby and and Magnus Bradbury, for instance, that it seemed pretty mad that no one was going across, and even the emergence of Conor Boyle recently. And then I, I've always thought that Ali Miller, sort of, uh, when he came into the pro game, it took him a while to find his feet. He got sent off to Scotland sevens, and I maybe thought we might have seen the last of him in the fifteens game. But when he's had a shot, particularly over the last year or so, I think he's he's looked really good. He's he's taken those opportunities. And then you you look across to Glasgow and and maybe the the lack of strength and depth in the back row to have someone like Miller there I think is is a really sensible great move and and hopefully he can you know get a bit more game time and and keep improving. Alan, are you similarly impressed? Yeah, I mean it just makes complete sense. I think when we were sort of looking at the stock of back rows at Edinburgh, I think once Watson. Um, Richie, Mata and Haining had all signed. You then looked at the, the, the wider group and you had maybe five, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you got Bradbury, you got Crosby, Darge, Miller and Boyle. And, you know, <laughs> it felt like at least two of those would uh, could shift over to Glasgow and you're not, and you're going to compliment Glasgow but not really make a dent in, in Edinburgh. And I probably thought it was good. One of Bradbury or Crosby would shift across, but no, I think it's good. I think Ali Miller has shown signs of, of being a sort of a good player and potentially might suit, you know, Glasgow's historic style a little bit more than, than Cocker's and, and obviously, you know, Roy Darge still like what, 21. Um, but clearly, you know, Scotland under 20s captains, a lot of people who think he can be sort of next big thing off, next big cab off the rank. So, the next big cab off the rank. Is that like one of those limos that you would, uh, or like a stretched Hummer that you would hire yeah, for a stag do something? Exactly. That's what he is. <laughs> the Hummer. That's what we should call him. The, oh, new nickname. The Hummer of Scottish rugby. At Edinburgh, there have been some incomings as well as those outgoings. Most notably, a name that has been sort of mentioned an awful lot, particularly in the last six months, potentially coming up north. Ben Velicott leaving Wasps, scrum half coming to Edinburgh next year. Um, he's a Scotland age grade um, cap, but then he was very close to playing for England at some at one stage. But now he's putting his lot in with Scotland. Um, Matt, what do you make of Velicott coming to Edinburgh? Yeah, I think it had sort of been rumoured for for a while, and then came out of, uh, out of the blue slightly the actual announcement. But I, I think it's a really good thing. I think that. Edinburgh probably needed just a bit of a refresh at, at nine. Henry Pergos probably, when he came over, started off reasonably well, but seems to just be struggling for form. And, and Nick Groom, after being quite an expensive signing, probably, or at least like a higher profile signing, hasn't really done much. And it feels as if Charlie Shield maybe hasn't had that many opportunities or or maybe hasn't played you know exceptionally well when, when he has. So... I think someone like Velicott, who um, has got decent enough Premiership experience, is is still a young guy, um, and clearly has sort of done enough to to gain the attention of Scotland and England international teams. I think I think it's a really good signing. I, I suppose the 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 one doubt would be if you look at the the style he plays with, which is more of that running nine. And, you know, he's he's five foot five, like he's more, he's that kind of George Horn type player. Whether under Richard Cockrell, you're you're going to get those sort of skills out of him. But, uh, you know, we are sort of hearing that, that Edinburgh potentially trying to expand their attacking play. So he's maybe the guy to, to help them do that. And Alan, do you think we might see Velikot, um challenging for a position in a, in a Scotland squad sometime soon? To be perfectly honest, I actually haven't seen that much of him. I just obviously see sort of pockets of sort of highlights of him playing, but it 
it feels like there was sort of him and Charlie Chapman for a while who were kind of these two kind of premiership, kind of second or third tier scrum halves who were kind of the next big thing and were sort of Scottish qualified. And I'd say sort of neither um, have managed to really make, they've actually just swapped between Wasps and Gloucester and neither has really managed to kind of cut through into being that sort of first tier. Um, but no, hopefully, you know, I think whilst Pergos is, given a great service to Scottish rugby, both Glasgow and Edinburgh over the years. I think we all th- it's pretty clear that Edinburgh probably need a, a bit of a change in that direction to sort of go go a step further. So, um, no, excited to see what you, what you can do. And I know we, we were looking at the – there was the article on um, that website, sort of the 15 this week, about Finlay Christie and him chatting about coming over – and it probably it probably sounded. I I initially thought it, he might have come across to Edinburgh, but it, it probably it sounded more like he was looking at coming across to to England. And I imagine if he does make it across, he's he's someone that will jump the queue pretty quickly. Do you reckon Finlay Christie played like one game of Super Rugby Aotearoa for the Blues, and then was like, oh, there's a bit of interest in the from Scotland, and he watched just any Pro 14 game that involved Edinburgh Glasgow, <laughs> and was like. Nah, life's too short. Like, <laughs> I don't need that in my life right now. Yeah, spoke to Aki Suli, and he's like, what's it like? And he's like, mate, <laughs> fucking stay away, son. <laughs> Aki Suli looks like he's having the time of his life. It literally looks like the friendliest guy of all time. Very keen to get him on the pod at some point. Um, but yeah, in the other one that yeah, we great isn't exactly... Isn't exactly coming coming to Scotland, but obviously Hugh Jones rumoured to be going to Bayonne, which I'd say that our consensus is we don't think it's that great an idea. I don't think it's a great idea for his like for his rugby career. I mean, as you've said before, Bayonne are second bottom of the the top fourteen, probably going to have to. I think there's a decent gap between them and the next team. Probably going to have to play in a playoff to to stay up at the end of the season and you look at their squad and granted you know we don't follow French rugby that much but even the top 14 like towards the bottom of the table there's there's some household names there some big players <laughs> don't know anyone in that team um, then at the same time like he's he's come over to Scotland he's given it a shot and through whatever reason it's not worked for him Careers are short. I'm sure he's getting paid really well. Gets to live in a really nice part of the world. Sort of don't begrudge him it too much. No, agreed. As a, as a man who's been forced to sleep rough in Beeritz, uh, it is a nice place. Is you know, it's good, good, look, good little <laughs> spot. But where are you? But can you just define what how you mean f- forced? Because I thought you you actually destroyed your own tent. That was part of the story, but we did get to the end of the trip without a tent. But we weren't planning to sleep in a tent that night. We just all lost our bank cards and had no money. So we had to, we were planning to sleep in Beeritz Airport because we had a 7 a.m. flight. But it's one of those airports, which I just hadn't even thought about, which closes between like 12 and 5. So I was sleeping in the lounge and this cleaner woke me up and he's like you've got to get out and, I, and this is like you know the equivalent of edinburgh airport right it's like not like it's in the center <laughs> it's like in the middle of nowhere and he's like you got to leave and i was like well where am i meant to go and he's like i don't know and i was like can i go home with you and he's like, <laughs> he's like absolutely no way <laughs> so i just sort of like slept on this sort of grassy knoll sort of in between the airport and this hotel for about four hours <laughs> And and then went and got my flight um, back to Birmingham for some reason. <laughs> yeah, good times. It is wow. a nice place though, and you know, no one robbed me. It was warm enough; I could sleep outside. Um, How do we get there? <laughs> but I know what you, you mean. Should I think more, you should do more reviews of European cities. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I agree. I think you know, from a sort of bank balance perspective, I imagine it's doing pretty well out of it, but. I don't know. It's just always a bit annoying. Like he's twenty-seven. He's obviously got so much talent. Like you know, it would have been how great would it have been to see. Like I know they're not so the, the everyone's fa- um, favorite dish, but you know how great would it be for him to play for like Saracens or someone like or someone like yeah. that. Just really like behind a big pack, behind a sort of really strong sort of um, nine ten combination, getting a lot of ball. 
it'd be so great. Or even for like someone like a La Rochelle, um, mm. etc. I just would love to see him in that position because obviously he has come to Glasgow Warriors, but he has been at a time where not only have you had all sorts of COVID stuff, but you know Glasgow Warriors pack has struggled in a lot of big games to uh, to get the backs on the front foot. Mm. Um, and also, obviously, there's been issues with the kind of what position he's in. So, but no. Although he may be, uh, I don't know, the perception is he wouldn't fit, fit in to somewhere like Exeter, whether actually Rob Paxter is such a great coach and he's so good at like picking up people who maybe have been slightly discarded by other teams and then put him behind like a, a pack that is always going to get front football. You know, I think he can actually be quite good at somewhere like Exeter. Yeah, I completely agreed. But we'll see. It's not officially been announced though, has it? Actually, I'm not entirely sure if there's been an official announcement from either club. I don't think Glasgow have acknowledged that he might be le- he's leaving, and um, it certainly hasn't been announced by um, by Bayon. But it seems to be a fairly open secret. I think it was Jamie Lyle that sort of confirmed it, and I think um, Rob Robertson at the Mail also had it, had it sort of confirmed. So it seems like it's a bit of a done deal. But we will keep keep an keep an eye on that. Um, Sticking with Glasgow, looking ahead to the weekend um, coming up, it is um, that weekend that sparks fear into all Scottish rugby fans. The pro teams are playing the Italian sides. The Only the worst can possibly happen. Glasgow versus Zebra off the back of a pretty up-and-down match against Leinster at the weekend. Alan, I know you were watching the, the Leinster game. Um, what did you make of the sort of young the young youngsters coming through? Um, and also, what do you think their 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 chances are against Zebra at the weekend? I guess starting with like the plain facts, we're playing a team that are above us in the table. Firstly, <laughs> brutal, isn't it? <laughs> so we're obviously one point behind Zebra to beat the Dragons. And I think Matt, were you saying that we've never Glasgow have never lost to Zebra in the history of the Pro Fourteen? Yeah, I saw they they Glasgow put up like a head to head thing on Twitter. And I really was actually quite surprised. Like I thought they would have lost them once or twice, but played sixteen one sixteen apparently. There you go. I mean, it, you know, if there's ever a time that you're going to lose, this feels like it could be the one. Although saying that, there was definitely enough in that match um, on Sunday night to, I think, make a lot of fans quite positive about potentially not obviously this season, depending what happened with the Rainbow Cup, etc. But generally for sort of next season, I think. You know, there's there's members of that pack that when when they get going, they uh, they're pretty they're pretty class and they can sort of keep up with the rest of them. I think sort of Tom Gordon, I think Richie Gray came into the game a bit more. Grant Stewart, for example, Leona Nakahara is trying stuff, but he's just so out of shape and so just sort of unaggressive around around sort of the tackle and the ruck. It's just like quite sort of laboured in everything he's doing. It's uh, I actually you know. And and you know what's going to happen is he's going to spend like a summer getting in unreal shape and be like the best player in the world for Ulster next year. But Nakawara being in such bad nick is the SRU finally getting their own back on um, Johnny Petrie. They're like, yeah, yeah, you can maybe have <laughs> Nakawara. He's still pretty. He's still class. Yeah, Ulster should. Yeah, you should come in and spend loads of cash on him. No, just they're like feeding him up, just being like Leone. Yeah, you just yeah. Keep, you need to bulk up, bro. That's what you need. And Petrie's we'll, we'll, taking the bait. Yeah, we'll do the medical. Don't worry about it. Like you can, you can trust the docs. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> getting one over on Petrie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, obviously Hastings red card. It was a bit of, it's a bit of a weird one. I there was quite a lot of people who were pretty sour about it online, and I I do get it. Obviously Hastings isn't planning to kick someone in the face. At the same time, just like in you know intent isn't a factor in a tackle intent isn't really a factor in this either and i think if you put your studs at face level and they accidentally get in someone's face you've kind of got to expect to get a red card yeah i i agree i I think it just it's like a really great example of where something like the orange card that they're trialing in australia at the moment would would be great like because it's not it's not deliberate deliberate foul play it's kind of he's probably just slightly misjudged the kick, which has meant that he's had to take it on his back foot. It's like clumsy. It's not dirty. 100%. Play. So, you know, 
I, I still don't think Glasgow would have won the game, but it would have allowed them, you know, to compete with fourteen men, for or or fifteen men rather for for a lot more of the of the game. And and to your point about that yellow card, you know, even if you compare it to the Ferguson hit, you know, ultimately, whilst you can have an argument about what's happened with Ferguson, he ran into a ruck from distance, yeah. and went in to smash someone. <laughs> and got his position and timing wrong. Whereas, mm. to your point, Hastings literally like slipped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got someone in the face, but got a three three match ban. Yeah. So, but actually, that means I think it now means Hastings and Ferguson will now be available for the France match because this Glasgow match this weekend will count, and then both the Ireland and Italy games will count towards it. But going back to yeah, the game it was it was an, it was a weird one where. You know, obviously, Glasgow were down to 14 men at half time, and it was 28-7. And I, t- I actually turned off. I turned it off to watch Thor three, and <laughs> there was like 20 minutes into the second half, and I looked at my phone, and it was 28-21. And I managed to convince Ashley to let me watch the next 20 minutes. I was like, "What the hell has happened here?" And obviously, from sort of you know, from um, people we spoke to, obviously they sort of came back into the game, and obviously Ross Thompson came on. Looks like again just had like a really composed performance, etc. And they really managed to kind of get quite close to it. And to be honest, quite an annoying yellow card in the last ten minutes from that from TJ Ione meant that ultimately Leinster were able to kind of pull away. But it's it's you know it's good to see that you know you would have expected that team with so many players missing and so many youngsters in. 40, yeah. Down to fourteen at half time, twenty eight seven down. Ross Thompson coming on at ten. Like you're, no one's expecting you to do anything, and to actually come out, come out firing, and to put in that sort of performance is actually really encouraging. Mm. Once again, it was just slightly disappointing that it seemed to only be the young guys that were like taking the game to Leinster and sort of doing the the little positive things in the pitch. And whereas you had guys like Wilson and Harley who are getting absolutely schooled by guys who have hardly played any pro 14 games from, you know, from like those young Leinster guys. But I, th- I think you're right. Like, I think you kind of look at the the attitude and the, the body language from Dobie, Thompson, Forbes, McLean, Smith. And you kind of thought like, you know, with, a, with a few of those guys, few of the more experienced guys um, back in the fold, like the Fagersons, Price, etc. Um, you know, it, it, it looked like a pretty. There, there is some promise coming coming through. Dobie's delivery is a joke. It's oh, so, so nice. It's it's mad. I think he'll get capped for Scotland in the summer. Yeah, I think so. Hundred percent off the bench against Romania. He certainly seems to be impressing all of the all of like the right people mm. at every level he seems to go into because he's been travelling as twenty fourth man with the Scotland squad as well. Yeah, in all of the games, so they obviously trust him in the event that somebody gets hit by a car or something like that, that he can be the one that fulfills the uh, the spot on the bench. So, yeah, hugely talented young man. Um, Edinburgh going down very, very close against the Scarlets as well. It just feels there's a real sort of like pattern in the pro teams at the moment and with Edinburgh in particular, just sort of getting close but not quite being able to convert. Matt, what do you reckon? Yeah, I I kind of get the sense and whether it's right or not that Edinburgh and, and Glasgow, a lot of the players are just, they're just done with this season. Um just because of the disjointed nature of it, the fact that now there's there's not much to play for in terms of that within the league, at least in terms of qualification places for for Europe. And I don't know, I, I feel with that team against a Scarlet side that haven't really done that much recently at home um, with a few of the Scotland guys back in, like a, a Richard Cockrell coach Edinburgh team really should be winning that game. Um, but... And I just, I, I, can, I completely understand that. I can like sympathize with that, getting into that mindset. But I think I, I wrote it in the newsletter. I, so far this season, you haven't seen like Munster. I just can never see Munster and Leinster, for instance, taking that approach. Like, which maybe just sums up that, you know, Munster as a club, 
as like an identity has been around a lot longer than Edinburgh. But I don't know, I just maybe like to see a bit more almost pride in, in the jersey. If Edinburgh get an all right draw in the Champions Cup, though, I generally think they could do okay. Yeah, that's true. With a full mm. team, they've at least got the pack to uh, to cause some damage against most teams. Obviously, people like Racing and Toulouse are obviously probably a step too far. But if they get an okay draw, someone like you know people like Sale, for example, feels like those are the sort of teams that Glasgow can can compete against. Sorry, Edinburgh. So Edinburgh playing Benetton at the weekend, Glasgow Zebra. So we will be back, as I say, next week to um, probably not look back too much on those games unless something absolutely wild happens. But we will definitely be looking forward to uh, Scotland returning to the Six Nations against Ireland, looking to put in place those building blocks to win the Six Nations on the new Super Friday the 26th against France. Until then, keep in touch with us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, and download and subscribe to our newsletter that's on Substack, the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast on Substack. Um, you can get it on our socials as well. Um, and yeah, until then, um, leave us a review on iTunes and we will speak to you next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.